Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about getting promoted in a corporate job. It's a bit of a rebroadcast. My wife and I recorded a podcast with about 20 episodes in, I guess it was the second half of 2018 to yeah, for like six months or so. This was the first episode. And we, we kind of did things differently because we we wanted to provide some helpful episodes before we did the very self-indulgent bio episode. A lot of podcasts, they just have like the first couple episodes and the person is just talking about themselves. Not that that's like incorrect or anything like that, but we just kind of wanted to do it a little bit differently. I thought about rebroadcasting this episode because I was talking to Carl Jensen, Mr. 1500, and he was in episode uh, Doug Show 117, so the previous episode. He mentioned sometimes it's not the best workers, sometimes it's not the best employees that get promoted. And I instantly thought about this episode because, well, to be honest with you, I was never the the best employee or like the I was never executing my job like the very best. I'm like a good middle of the road, maybe slightly above average, but I was never like crushing it. So I immediately thought about how I eventually figured out how to get promoted. It took me a little while. And in this episode, I'll tell you four things that probably won't help you get promoted. And then I'll tell you four things that probably will help you get promoted. And they are very specific. They're very actionable. And I literally did, I did those four things and I got promoted within a promotion cycle, essentially. And then I helped other people get promoted. In the corporate, in the corporate world, it's all politics. It's basically all politics and it has very little to do with your actual job. Yes, there's some minimum threshold of like getting shit done, but overall, it's just a political battle and it's kind of a mess. So, you know, with that said, if you want to play the game and if you treat it as a game, it's actually kind of fun because once I got to a certain point, I was like, okay, I'm doing the minimum amount of my job and the rest of my time I am dedicating to getting promoted and networking and doing other things that will help me get promoted. This episode is brought to you in part by Ezoic, and Ezoic recently rolled out their site speed accelerator, and it removes the negative impact of slow loading pages on visitor experiences by determining what causes a page to load slowly, then it optimizes how those elements are loaded and then delivers them automatically to improve SEO and, in turn, website revenue. The site speed accelerator instantly increases website speed page load times, and Google page speed insight scores automatically, or sorry, by automatically implementing the best practices like image optimization, lazy loading, CSS rendering, and much more. And by the way, they worked in conjunction with, uh, I guess, the team for the page speed insights from Google, and that is why it is very well optimized for that PSI, page speed insights. And your scores will increase. If you have any issues, by the way, because a couple of people emailed me and they're like, hey, I was having a little trouble. And um, I highly encourage you just to shoot an email or uh, whatever support mechanism is in place with uh, Ezoic and open a ticket, get some help, get it set up properly, and you can you know, get it rolling within the seven-day free trial. By the way, there is a seven-day free trial and they are so confident in the product, they guarantee 
eZealot guarantees that publishers will see an 80 plus Google page speed insight score after one week with the site speed accelerator. Thanks a lot to eZealot. I cut out the intro part of the you know previous podcast episode, so we just are going to jump straight to the meaty part of the episode, the actionable portion. And afterwards, I'm going to come back on. I'm going to ramble on about a few things, a few things I'm excited about, and uh, hopefully I won't complain. I got nothing to complain about. So, I mean, sometimes I still complain, but I really shouldn't. Anyway, I'll see you on the other side. Oh, I, I nearly forgot. My wife, her name is Elizabeth. So, we didn't do the intros, but her name's Elizabeth, and probably I'll, I'll bring her on for um, some future episodes. It's always nice to, well, it's always nice to talk to my wife, number one. I'll have to get her to listen to this, this clip specifically. It's always nice to talk to her. It's always nice to have someone else on the show, and we just have like, you know, random conversations about various things that are actually sometimes relevant two topics that we cover on the show, affiliate marketing and corporate life and just living life in general. Her name is Elizabeth and she will be uh, opening it up here. So we're going to jump right into today's topic, which is how to get promoted and tell you more about our bios just as we go along. But you probably don't know much about us right now. So you're wondering, hey, why should I listen to you guys about how to get promoted? And I'll tell you why. We are the everyday person. We've been through the process. Uh, We have experience in it. But I would also say, um, if you're researching any topic, find out as much as you can about it. And then think about your own personality, think about your corporate culture and decide what will and won't work best for you. There is no magic one way to get promoted, but I think we have some strategies that will really help you. And for me, I guess I'm a little bit more, uh, my ego is a little bit bigger around getting promoted. I got promoted a couple times in my corporate setting. And the interesting part is it wasn't easy for me. So I failed way more often than I was able to get promoted. And over the years, I got mentored. I got advice from people that were way ahead of me. And that's sort of what I'm going to share in these four tips to get promoted. Not only did I get promoted a few times, but once I got promoted, I was able to, you know, help people that I was mentoring and that worked for me get promoted as well using the exact same strategies. So we're going to start with four things that don't work to get promoted. And this is sort of like, the, the common advice that you might see, or if you Google it and you're looking to see how to get promoted, you may find um, some articles that are like really popular. And uh, basically, in my opinion, they look like they're written by someone who has never worked in a corporate setting and they just went around and asked people, hey, what do you think you should do to get promoted? The number one piece of bad advice that people may get is expecting that doing your job is enough and doing a really good job is even better. So even if you're in the top 10%, it's really not enough. Anything to add, Elizabeth, on that? Did you get that advice when you were when you were uh, working? I don't know if I got that advice specifically, but yeah, I would agree. If you think just going in, doing your job and doing it well, even if you're a top performer is going to get you promoted, you're sorely mistaken. I think 
there's a, there can be a lack of appreciation and you're expected to do your job. Right. And that's sort of the, you know, the idea is everyone's doing their job. Uh, some people are doing really, really good jobs, but, uh, most of the time, if you just do your job and do a really good job, it's still not enough. Number two is working overtime. So, I mean, the thought here, actually, those two kind of go together where it's like, if you're working harder than other people, you should get promoted based on merit. And I think that's like the subtext of what we're going to be talking about is not enough to just do a good job or work a lot. And working overtime can also lead to a bad attitude. And if you're working overtime and you think you deserve to be promoted, that's going to be a problem if it's coming across in the way that you uh, interact with people, that you deserve it. Number three is volunteering to do more work and extra work. Again, same theme in, in this point where basically the more you work, the harder you work. I mean, that's sort of what we're taught, at least in American culture. You work hard, you show up for your job, and you'll be rewarded because you're doing what you're supposed to. And, I mean, the thing is you can find tons of examples where that just doesn't pan out. I would say also, in addition, volunteering to do more work can make you seem like you're not busy enough with what you've been assigned to do. Right. Yeah. Like if you have extra time to do more things, then they haven't assigned you work properly. And I think there's a the theme here with those first three. It's it's all around working work quality, volunteering to do more work overtime. I think you might be seeing the theme here. Getting promoted really may have nothing to do with your work quality or quantity. Very little, very little. And number four is general networking. And this is the sort of advice that, you know, you may get from the CEOs or the higher upper management. Oh, you know, get out there and network, go to the cocktail hours, put in your FaceTime. And I mean, I think the idea here may be uh, a little bit valid and I'll get to that with one of the points that does work, but general networking, it doesn't work. And I mean, me personally, I think, um, I don't like networking. It, it feels like um, it feels slimy in a way if you're like going to these cocktail uh, hours or happy hours trying to meet people just so you could ask for something. It comes off poorly and um, I have a way to sort of spin it on its head so um, it's effective. And I think that probably gives you a little bit of a clue into Doug's background if he thinks networking feels slimy. Um, and I don't disagree, but we are not salespeople. We didn't work in the, the sales division. And I think networking and the sales sort of attitude, it's a skill that you can work on, but I think some people have it inherently and some people don't. And if you're not a natural networker, a natural salesperson, it can be really hard to develop those skills where you do feel comfortable and where it comes off appropriately. And I think... If you are good at networking already and you're in sales, um, if you take, if you, again, we'll get to this point as far as uh, networking in an effective way, it's really about framing things so that it helps you get promoted versus, like I said, general networking. It's not enough just to go out there and meet people. You have to do some specific things to get your name out there um, and have people like rooting for you to get promoted. So those are 
things that we really don't think work if you want to get promoted. So now let's cover how many are we going to talk about, Doug? Four things that will help you get promoted. And a quick caveat, you know, Elizabeth was mentioning before, you don't have to take our advice exactly and you should investigate things on your own, find out what works. Um, the way that I believe even if you do these four things and you need to tweak it a little bit, these are good things to do regardless. So I, I think they stand for sort of any corporation, any sort of corporate culture. You should be able to apply these and be further along the process to get promoted, even if this isn't exactly right. So number one is to get a mentor two levels up. There's a couple things happening when you do that. And by the way, I got this advice from a good friend of mine who is about five to seven years ahead of me. And we were having beers uh, one night, beers and burgers. And I was like, hey, I really want to get promoted. Do you have any tips? Like, here's what I've been uh, like doing for a little while. And he was like, here's a big secret. Get a mentor two levels up. So one of the big benefits with that is most likely that is going to be a level um, over your current boss and a level over, you know, the folks that'll help you get promoted. And what happens there is you have uh, sort of like upper management rooting for you. So we'll maybe we, if you could imagine an org chart, you're going two levels up and then basically getting support two levels up allows you to get support one level up in that level. Usually those are the people that help you get promoted. And those are the folks that are going to be debating your promotion. Do you have any specific advice on how to get a mentor two levels up? I did have a friend who went through a management training program with her job. And one thing that they told them was, hey, don't be afraid to just, you know, cold call really anyone in the company, ask them to lunch, um, just whatever. Um, that was one thing they really tried to teach them. But how did you go about getting a mentor two levels up? I was on a project. And by the way, I have a management consulting background. So a lot of this applies directly for a consulting environment. I was on a project where I, it was sort of a small-ish team, like a, maybe like 12 people initially. And it was a pretty thin org chart. Uh, like one, like just a couple levels, right? So I was able to talk to a director level while I was just a senior consultant. So there was a, in that particular organization, that's a two level gap. And I asked him, Hey, I'm looking to, I'm really interested in like increasing my responsibilities. I see the team is growing. If there's an opportunity where I could help do some extra stuff, I'm really interested. And I'm also getting or I'm interested in getting promoted in the next, um, you know, couple years as well. One of the key things is to not ask someone to be a mentor because that sounds like extra responsibility <laughs> for like, like low benefits. So I asked, I let him know what my goals were knowing that, yeah, the team is going to grow. I kind of got lucky because I knew the team was going to be growing so I was able to ask for extra responsibility before any of those responsibilities were actually there yet. Do you have any tips, uh, any others? No, not specifically, but I would say 
it does seem like extra responsibility if you ask someone to specifically be a mentor. But also think about how good it feels when someone treats you like you know things and they act like your advice is valuable. So I really don't think there's any level that a person can get to in their career where they're not going to find that to be a good thing. So don't over brown nose because no one's going to like that. But letting someone a level or two levels above you, letting them know that you think what they say is valuable, they're going to like that. And they're probably going to want to interact with you. Yes. And our second point will help you find people uh, levels above you without actually having to ask for a mentor. And then you could develop relationships. Point number two is to volunteer to plan a charity event. Hey, what does that have to do with your job or work? It doesn't really have anything to do with your work. And that goes back to like our first three points. The work that you do is, I mean, as long as you're hitting some minimum level, it's probably good enough. In the consulting environments, they, they usually have some sort of a rating system. And typically, as long as you're like in the top, you know, uh, 20% or so, that's pretty good. Maybe even the top 70%, you're doing most of the stuff right. And it usually indicates that you're reasonably competent. So the point is organizing the charity event has nothing to do with your job. However, most companies want to have activities in the community as a whole so that, you know, they could say they're helping the community and really sort of like get attention in a positive way. So I got this advice when I first started working and I wanted to get promoted for the very first time. I was up for promotion, I think about three times. And we just, I mean, I was doing a good job. I was trying to get extra responsibilities on projects and again, doing all the merit-based stuff that seemed like it was the right thing to do. You know, be smart, work hard, and it, it just wasn't working. And my mentor at the time gave me the advice to organize some charity event because, you know, that's a good way to get your name out there and so on. My dad is a retired firefighter. And I thought, you know what? I knew there was a a burn organization in the old fire department that, that he worked at. So I, I talked to him, told him I wanted to organize a charity event and we had a spaghetti dinner and it was a pretty small uh, event. I think just a couple dozen people showed up max. Most of them were my family and friends, but a few things happened. You know, one, of course, I was able to get donations for the, you know, nonprofit for a great cause from, uh, you know, my family and friends. In addition, I was able to reach out to basically everyone in my, in my division, you know, it didn't matter what level they were, but I was able to email them, contact them, let them know what I was working on. So even if they didn't donate anything, they knew my name and they knew that I was organizing something. How many people did you hear back from on your emails to directors and VPs or whoever you emailed? It was about 15 years ago, so I have no idea. But if I had to guess, probably 25% like got back to me uh, directly. Again, a lot of people donated. I think we had a web page set up to make it pretty easy. And yeah, it was a fairly small number. But at the end of the day, you know, they did remember that I organized it. Nice. And I also organized an event 
in a job where I ended up getting promoted. This wasn't a little bit different than what you did, but we did a habitat, a department habitat for humanity build. So it was team building within our department, but it was also giving back to charity. Nice. I, I forgot that this was a good technique for a long time. And fast forward about 10 years later, I realized I was struggling to get promoted from like a senior consultant to a manager. And I realized, hey, I should try to organize another event or get involved. I saw that there was an event already in place and they needed volunteers to get more volunteers, uh, funny enough. So I volunteered to be an outreach person and essentially just try to get more people involved. And at that point, it was very interesting. So I did a couple things there. One, I volunteered to, to help out. Then I was, again, able to email a bunch of people throughout my whole division. It didn't matter what level, uh, all the way up to the president of the division. I was able to email them, find volunteers. And by the way, I volunteered to write up what we were working on to be included in like a newsletter, again, for the full division. So I took some pictures. I wrote up a one pager and it was included in the next newsletter. So not only did I get to reach out to, you know, all these folks that were several levels ahead of me, I was able to, you know, write it up, remind people that I worked on it and then mention that when I was trying to get promoted. So and at the end of the day, yes, it helped the charity as well. So even if, even if you're doing this and you're thinking, Hey, is this slimier than, than uh, actually going out there and networking? Uh, maybe not, but um, I think at least you're doing like a charity event, and that's a good thing. Doug and I are going to have to talk later and investigate his use of the word slimy. I don't know what's happening. It's uh seems to be a theme. You okay? Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Number three is to market yourself. This one is interesting because... It's sort of like a, a subset, a more specific way to do the networking. When we talk about networking, most of the time, at least for me, I initially thought, hey, you have to, you know, go have drinks with people and you have to do, you know, extra stuff. Um, and then they'll know your name and then they'll like you and hopefully try to get you promoted. I didn't find that to be very effective, uh, you know, partially maybe because I'm a bad uh, networker. But when I'm talking about marketing yourself, I am talking about, you know, reaching out to the people. Well, let me let me set up a, a little bit of context. So, in the consulting environment that I was in, most of the promotion discussions were basically uh, meetings at, you know, say like a management and director level. People debated uh, who was going to get promoted, and at that point. Uh, it was kind of a pissing contest on who got promoted and there were several factors, but a lot of it was around like, uh, the number of people that gave a person support along with, you know, some of the merit based things. One of the cool things is if you have a mentor that's two levels up and you have been volunteering to, you know, plan a charity event, you'll have contacts that are a level above you, which hopefully can get you promoted. And then you'll have your mentor, that is like two levels above you. If you go to those contacts and you let them know that you're trying to get promoted and you let them know that you've been doing a good job on your project and that you have organized a charity event, then they're 
probably more likely to, to mention you. Now, by the way, you may not get everyone, everyone's support, but if you ask, um, it's more likely for them to say, Oh yeah, you know, uh, Doug did plan some stuff and he was doing a good job on the project. And I, I, you know, voiced some support. I know Doug has been working really hard this last year and just having like a couple extra people mention anything about you is huge. The thing is, most people don't do this. And it took me again, a long time to figure it out. But in, when I got promoted from a senior consultant to a manager, I think I asked like six or eight people who were a level above me on the project to mention that they, you know, worked with me. And I didn't tell them to say, you know, promote Doug. I just said, if you could just voice any sort of opinion, I'd really appreciate it. So I wasn't asking them with the expectation that they were going to push for me. I just said, mention anything, you know, I hope you like working with me. Um, and if you have any feedback, let me know. But in this promotion call, I'm going to be up for promotion. And it would be great if you just said anything about me. That's a great point about marketing yourself, Doug. And I, I liked how you said you, you just wanted people to voice an opinion and they're going to remember you or a person like you as a go-getter. Uh, someone who really cares. And that that goes along with marketing yourself as you're talking to your boss or you're talking to other people. Don't just say, I want to get promoted because I deserve it and I've been here for five years. No one cares how long you've been there, but tell them what your specific skills are and what how you think you would be good at the job, what you can bring to the table. And to harp again on the volunteering aspect and planning a charity event, if you let everyone know that you planned something, you were involved, again, I, I wrote up a one pager so that they would have something to point to, like a, like a tangible thing that I did. It's really easy for those people to say, yeah, he does a great, a great job on the project. The clients like him. Oh, and I know he organized a charity event too. It was great. Um, even though I wasn't able to go because most people are, are just don't do that stuff. Number four is to plan ahead. I mean, this is going to take a while if you want to get promoted. So don't think you're going to be able to just go to your boss and say, hey, I want to get promoted and you're going to get promoted in four months. I would say plan on at least a year or two. And in that first conversation with your boss, ask them, what do I need to do to get promoted? Get some specific actionable steps. Another thing you can do is look at the individuals that are at the level you want to get promoted to, do they have specific certifications? Are there things that you can do in terms of continuing education to get yourself up to that level? For example, I am a project management professional, a PMP. And if I wanted to get promoted in the project management division, I knew I was going to need to have a PMP. And I luckily had one for several years at that point or an MBA, right? Some, sometimes you can't progress uh, beyond a certain level if you don't have an MBA. And then if you set the stage as you're going along, so you have your performance review, you get specific recommendations from your boss, you accomplish those things, then in the next meeting, he or she will be expecting it. You've already talked about it. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get promoted, but they have it in the back of their mind that this is somewhere 
that you want to get to. And believe it or not, not everybody wants to to move up. Some people are happy in the positions they're at. So you've set the stage for the next conversation. I've also been on those promotion laddering calls. And it literally is part of the conversation where someone may say, so-and-so has been up for promotion a few times now. Like they note how many times that you've been up for promotion. So I would, I would suggest, you know, finding out how long it on average it takes to get from one level to the next. A lot of times if you're starting at like an entry level position, it may be, you know, a year and a half to three years to get to the next level. Typically going from that, you know, level two to like a management or level three position that may be, you know, two to five or six years, depending on what you're working on and your like trajectory. So if you have like some idea on how long it takes, then you can aim for the front end, right? So when I first started, I aimed for, you know, a year and a half to get promoted, even though, um, let's be honest, I knew I wasn't like an A player <laughs> and I knew I wasn't like performing at that level, but I was like, I know I need to get my name out there and start trying because it takes a while. And it took me a while to learn how to get promoted just in general. One thing we haven't said, which I hope everyone knows, be nice. It goes across everything. People want to work with people that they like. Also that you should do that in life too. Well, but it is true. I, uh, one in one position where I got promoted from consultant to manager, my boss loved me. She absolutely loved me. And I think that had more to do with me getting promoted than anything that we've talked about here. And lastly, unfortunately, you may never get promoted. And I'll give you an example from my own life. I've worked in healthcare. I'm, um, a healthcare professional, but I'm not clinical. I'm not a nurse, a doctor, therapist. I have no clinical credentials. I started out in clinical consulting. So I did a lot of operations work. I did not stay at that company long because I recognized that they valued those clinical degrees. And I would kind of laugh about it because we'd have doctors come into you know, meetings with clients and, and they were physicians. Don't get me wrong. They did a lot of education, but really their whole role was to go in there and say, doctors, doctors need things fast. And that's what they said. And it just made me chuckle, but there was value in the fact that they had that, those um, letters after their name. So I would say if you're having trouble get, getting promoted, you should think about that and, and look look at your organization, look at what they value. And if you don't have what they value, quit banging your head against the wall and figure out either how to get those skills or how to move to another industry where you are more in line with how they how they view people moving up the ladder. Great point. A quick recap. So here are a few pieces of uh, advice that don't work well, expecting that doing your job is enough, even if you're doing a great job, working overtime, volunteering for more work, and general networking. Those things don't work that well. Here's a few things that do work really well. Get a mentor two levels up. Number two, plan a charity event and maybe even volunteer to write it up. Number three, market yourself in an effective way. Number four, plan ahead. Getting promoted takes a while, so just give yourself some time with it. You do the outro. I did the intro. Uh Uh-oh. Busted. (laughs) (laughs) 
I hope you found that helpful. By the way, shoot me an email, feedback at doug.show. If you have any tips for uh, helping people get promoted, anything that helped you, or if you happen to try and follow my advice and then find yourself uh, getting promoted. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, I I mentioned it multiple times. It's not really about doing your job. It's about telling other people that you're doing a job. (laughs) So there's, uh, there's a lot of politics with it. And then, I mean, it's one of the other reasons why I really like working for myself you kind of cut through a lot of that crap. I mean, there's other networking and that sort of thing that, you know, you should do if you want to work with other people or potentially like build some deeper relationships, but it seems a lot more authentic and pure. And I think, I mean, if you framed it the right way, you could convince yourself that working in a corporate job and playing the political game is a good thing. Cause you know, at the, at the end of the day, Potentially, you're making more money, you have more span of control over an organization or whatever floats your boat. I mean, I'm not not here to tell you how to live your life, but when I first got my job in uh, whatever, 2004, and I was trying to figure out how to get promoted and just like, you know, meeting all these people and seeing people that had worked at the company for many years, you know, 15, 20 years, and just looking at you know people trying to step over everyone else's back it was a little weird and then you find yourself in a situation where especially in consulting so I was doing management consulting which is maybe a weird a weird area which is ultra competitive but I'm sure it exists no matter you know what you're working on or whatever industry you're in it was strange and you're around a bunch of people who are all trying to get promoted a lot of people are type a a lot of people are just trying to you know crush their competitors and trying to look better in meetings and it's just kind of fucking weird to be honest with you it's a little bit weird um although it's probably not super unique it's just i've somehow moved away from it thank thank goodness and yeah if any future employers for me end up listening to this they probably won't like it too much to be honest with you so anyway it was super weird and I remember just trying to navigate trying to figure it out and trying to you know make myself look promotable and um, like do a good job on on my projects and then documenting it and doing all this stuff but I really didn't have like a system or a framework to do it and it was only after you know, six years that I really figure it out. I kind of, I stumbled my way through a couple promotions through uh, not attrition, but through like persistence and like trying to check off the boxes. But then once I realized like, oh, those, um, those little pieces worked really well. Why don't I do those again and kind of just cut off anything that I wasn't certain was going to help. And I also got um, some good advice from someone who was a, like sort of a mentor to me. We were kind of like on a, a more of a parallel track in, in the same position, but he got promoted before me and then he helped me out. And then I in turn help, helped other people out to get promoted. And at least in the management consulting area, once you end up in a management position, you can help other people get promoted, like literally in the meetings where you decide who is getting promoted. And if you have a lot of documentation and and you've done your job to help those other people get promoted. Like y- you could do it. You could drive things 
pretty hard. And that is another thing that I didn't, you know, immediately realize. If you have a good career counselor in, in my management consulting area, but if you have a good, I guess, proponent that is pushing you and, and they're supporting you, they could push you through other people who are maybe doing a better job than you, which, I mean, if you're a high performer and you're crushing it anyway, then maybe you don't need this advice. So, but I wasn't. And just, I think by definition, there's way fewer people that are, you know, top performers. There's only so many people that could be like the top 5% and the other 95%, well, we're just doing the best we can. So anyway, I hope that's helpful. Let's talk about some things I'm excited about. As I was setting up to record this, I have a you know a little home office. We have a, a two-bedroom apartment, and this is the guest room as well. Usually, we don't have guests, so it's primarily an office, but it turns out beds take up a lot of space, and when people come in here, they don't want to see all you know my junk around here, and they don't want to see like sound treatment. You guys maybe have seen... Uh, people that are recording, um, they'll have just like weird foam things on the wall. Sometimes they actually look uh, fairly nice. I mean, they try and make them look uh, reasonable. And um, well, I don't have any of those up. But what I do is I, t- I get pillows and I like uh, put them against the wall. And then like I'm sort of next to a window. If people watch like YouTube live streams, you, you know that I sit right next to a window. And glass and flat surfaces are not great for recording. You end up with some bounce and echo. So I I try and cover it up. I have a couple pillows sitting up vertically and it works fine. It looks a little bit, you know, funny if someone were to walk in, they would think I'm maybe a little bit insane. Not completely, just a little. And it it works fine. I mean, I have a, a reasonable microphone. It's a high quality microphone. And it's relatively quiet. It's not a huge echoey room. There's carpet in here. There's stuff on the walls. So it's not too bad. The thing I'm excited about is we're moving to a new home soon. There is a proper office, right? So there's a whole other room that is not going to be a guest room. In fact, it's configured as a quote study. So that means there's no closet. And then there's French like double doors, which may be redundant, but there's double doors with like windows on the, on the door and it's going to look great. I'll be able to put things on the walls that make me look smart, like maybe a map. Maybe I'll have a globe nearby. A lot of people put like motivational quotes. I think I'll probably put, I'll probably put like demotivational quotes, like the, the sarcastic ones. That's a little more my speed. And I don't really want to have, you know, the cat hanging on the clothesline. It says like, hang in there. Not going to have that. Not going to have that. I like clocks. I'll probably have some clocks up. Maybe I'll I'll, uh, try and find some unique clocks out there. So looking forward to having my own space and I'll be able to put up that acoustic treatment. That is actually the name of it, acoustic treatment. And it's like the foam panels that uh, essentially help reduce the sound bouncing around and it works really, really well. It's amazing. In fact, just putting a few things on the walls and getting furniture in there, that helps a ton. Having carpet instead of wood floor, that helps a lot as well. So anyway, I'm hoping I'll have like a very good and quiet recording studio for podcasts like this. In addition, it'll be great to just have like my lighting kit set up to do videos 
I won't have to move it around. I don't have to move it around too much, but in this particular room that I'm sitting in, it's very bright by the window. So I, I, I barely have to set up any lighting, but it's hard to control because it, it's so bright during the day and then so dark at night. But in the the new study, the new office, I can, well, there's only one window in, in that room. It's not very big, to be honest with you. It's not going to bring in much light. It's kind of on the side of the house. However, that means I'll be able to control the lighting very well. And I can have my lighting kit set up. I got one of those, uh, it's, it's actually a pretty cheap like uh, ring light, but it works great for anything that I'm doing with the webcam. And then I have some, honestly, I have some awesome lenses for my uh, Canon DSLR. So they work pretty well in like lower light and have like beautiful like depth of field, which that means it's like uh, kind of blurry in the background. So I'll be able to have the lighting kit set up, have just like a dedicated area, which is great overall. I, I remember doing live streams when I was kind of just starting to do my push on YouTube. I was doing these live streams. And like I said, I, I was in my home office which means there's other, you know, home things going on in there, like a bed. There's a guest bedroom, you know, happening in the same room. So there was like a bed behind me and just people would bust my balls like, hey, if you're uh, making so much money, if you're doing so great, why don't you get rid of that bed? Why don't you have like a proper office? And um, I didn't have a great answer other than, you know what? My wife said she wanted to have a guest bedroom in here. So that's why the bed's here. And for me, that's a that's a good enough answer. And I think most of the married people um, kind of understood too. You know, I think that makes sense. Everything is a uh, you know it's a compromise, negotiation, that sort of thing. So anyway, I'll have a proper office and, and a space to to do my work where no one will really bother me. It'll be uh, it's it's quiet. It's an internal room, and there's not any busy roads nearby. There shouldn't be any barking dogs. I hope not. I don't think there's going to be any barking dogs, but with that internal room should be good to go. I got an email from someone, actually a listener, and I'm, I'm going to read it out to you. Um, actually, I'm going to I'm going to tell you the results first. So this person, in the course of a year, I'm looking at their Google Search Console um, data, and they sent me a screenshot, and they have gotten over a million visitors in the past year, and here. Here it goes. So it's all about the keyword golden ratio. And this person says, anyway, I wanted to reach out and let you know that I love your content and I really enjoy the podcast. I hope you continue focus on the beginner to intermediate information. I think a lot of people enjoy it. I used to listen to Pat Flynn as well, but his podcast is not relevant to me any longer. Sorry for rambling, but I'll get to the point. I emailed you last year around October or November with a few questions about the keyword golden ratio. And the person says, you were helpful. Thank you for that. So it's been almost exactly one year since I started using your KGR method. I tracked all the posts that I published and some were compliant, some were uh, zero search volume terms. And then I tracked the main keyword as well as the overall page traffic. And holy shit, bro, your KGR method is amazing. So just to give you an idea of the impact I've attached, I've attached a screenshot of the past 16 or sorry, 12 to 16 months with the clicks and impressions from the Google search console thought you might want to bask in your own glory. And guys, I sit on so many emails where people are like, holy shit, this is amazing. And I got to do a better job of just tooting my own horn. 
I don't. And I'm probably going to give a call to action. If you actually right now, if you've, if you've listened to the show and you've used the keyword golden ratio and it's worked for you, please shoot me an email feedback at doug.show with KGR results in this subject line and then give me some screenshots. All right. Give me some screenshots. I'll probably use some of them in presentations. I'm going to start speaking. I think I have some stuff like nailed down. I haven't signed anything yet, but I I think I'm going to be doing some things. So these sort of emails and like proof via screenshots with like real results. I mean, this person got a million clicks, 27 million impressions. I mean, it's insane. Their average position is 11.9. I mean, this person is crushing it. So they said, thanks. I just wanted to let you know that even the free stuff that I put out is helping people. So that is fantastic. Thank you so much for shooting me this email. And I got to remember this because, you know, people bust my balls out there. It means I'm saying something interesting, right? If people are like contradicting me and telling me I'm full of shit and stuff like that, it means I'm probably saying something moderately interesting if people are so compelled that they want to like knock me down. It's not great. And, you know, it's it means it's working, you know. But basically, I got to remember these emails where people are like, hey, this is awesome. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for putting it out for free because I didn't have to tell anyone this. In fact, There are a bunch of companies out there trying to make money from this stuff that I give away for free. Yeah, sure, they're providing service and all that stuff, but I mean, I could have monetized it and had that as my driver, but I'm just trying to get the information out there. So that is what I'm trying to do. Like I said, if you've had success with a KGR feedback at Doug.show, shoot me an email, subject line, KGR results. And I will um, have a look. I'll reply back to everyone who sends me some decent results, you know. And um, and if it's not working, that's a different story, maybe for a different day. Um, in fact, that's a whole show. That's a whole show idea, I guess. All right, I'm, I'm going to stop rambling on. You may have realized the phone rang here. I didn't turn my phone down. And uh, I think my mom's calling. So my mom's calling. So I have to go. And I'll catch you guys later. Thanks for hanging out with me this afternoon morning or night, wherever it is where you're at. 